Hello and welcome to the episode of Everything is Canon and Settling's podcast. I'm your host, Steve Dunk, and however you may have found your way here, thanks so much for tuning in. On this podcast, we invite authors from all genres onto the show to discuss their latest books and novels, as well as just about anything else that comes to mind. If you want to reach me, there are several ways to do so, but the best way is to email me at steve at cinelinks.com, or you can always find me on Twitter at stevedunk5 or at everythingcanon. Today in the show, I'm talking to author Yasmin Ango all about her debut book, Her Name is Night, which is described as a smash debut novel from rising star Yasmin Ango. Her Name is Night features an elite assassin heroine on a mission to topple a human trafficking ring and avenge her family. Yes, stolen from her Ghanaian village as a child, Nina Knight is now an elite assassin for a mysterious syndicate called The Tribe. This sometimes extremely violent story is about many things, but mostly it's about being able to forgive yourself for the cruelty inflicted upon you by others. Her Name is Night is a revenge tale to be sure, but it's also a heartfelt message about absolution, found family, and letting go of a past that keeps you from living a life well earned. We talk about the book getting optioned, the time she almost quit writing, Her Name of Night of course, and much much more. Well, this is a spoiler-free discussion, the odd minor detail may slip out, so if you haven't read the book and don't wish to be spoiled at all, better stop listening now, but definitely double back once you've read it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. As always, around these parts, we encourage supporting authors and stories that affirm the lives of people other than ourselves each time we either engage in a conversation, whether it be online or face-to-face, now that we can do that again, or each time we participate in the market with our purchasing choices. November is a little light on the uh, whiz-bangy social media calendar as far as the entire month is concerned, but there are a few days worth of uh, worth noting. November 1st is World Vegan Day. That's good for me. I'm a vegan. It's also National Authors Day, which is good for my guest. Um, November 8th is National Cappuccino Day, which is great because I drink a lot of coffee. Um, November 16th is International Day for Tolerance, which is a beautiful thing. And of course, we need to do, take that uh, sentiment and uh, should be all year long, of course. And in the any uh, beautiful bit of, of irony and comedy, November 19th is both International Men's Day and Women's Entrepreneurship Day. You figure that one out. Um, Yasmin Ango is a first-generation uh, Ghanaian-American who grew up in two cultural worlds and currently hails from Northern Virginia. She taught English in middle and high school for years, served as an instructional coach for virtual teachers, and works as a freelance developmental and copy editor. She received the 2020 Eleanor Taylor Bland Award for Emerging Writers of Color from Sisters in Crime for Her Name is Night before it was even finished. She lives in South Carolina with her beautiful blended family, and when she's not writing, she's editing for clients, trying new recipes, or absorbed in an audiobook. She's here today to talk about her new book, Her Name is Night, which is described as a smash debut from rising star Yasmin Ango. Her Name is Night features an elite assassin heroine on a mission to topple a human trafficking ring and avenge her family. Please welcome to the show, Yasmin Ango. Hi, Yasmin. Hello. How are you, Steve? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, That's a really short blurb. Um, We'll talk, we got the nice little bit longer summary here we'll get to in a second, but uh, talk about this um, Eleanor Bland Award thing. That is, now that is for, congratulations on getting it, by the way, and that is for, that is for works in progress though, isn't it? It's for works in progress or works that were, you know, completed as long as they weren't published okay and so okay. mine was actually completed um it was with well when I submitted it it wasn't with an agent yet so I got the agent right in you know as I was waiting for the results right or not waiting because I actually forgot that I had even applied well I chalked that <laughs> actually I didn't forget I chalked it up to I wasn't going to win anyway uh, okay, so okay, I put okay. it in that category so Understood. it was a completed yeah it was a completed manuscript by that well, time See, when you expect nothing, everything's a surprise, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually that's actually a nice story. And I want to talk about that for a little bit um, because this is your debut book. So in a lot of ways, I mean, you, you know, you're introducing yourself to the publishing world, right? Um, yeah. And you're going to be doing a lot of interviews and stuff. And, uh, you know, this book's getting a lot of hype for some reasons, which we'll talk about. But um, that's kind of a nice story, though. So that, uh, this is quoting you. I, I don't remember where I pulled the quote from. It was... I think it was just in response to the, to the award. You said, mm-hmm. before I hit the send button to submit my application for the award, um, I was on the verge of quitting writing already, or quitting writing entirely, sorry. Um, and then, you know, in came this email with a congratulations header. Talk about that. So what, bring me, get, get me to that point in your life where you were writing and, and, you know, it was frustrating. And I assume that's because maybe you would, you would, queried and, and just you were getting lots of no's or maybe the story wasn't coming together necessarily yeah bring us talk to me about that and sort of 
if you wanted to be a writer your entire life or at some point did it click what you know what I mean give us the backstory on that Mm -hmm. yeah so I have been writing reading you know my entire life and you know everybody most everybody reads but I mean like I was totally obsessed and absorbed in reading anything literature anything um writing at since maybe elementary school so I always wanted to be a writer but um those of a certain age at that time you know writing or being an author to me was not something that I thought I could do. It's not something that, you know, my, my Ghanaian mother thought was something that I could make money off of. And so, you know, I had to go to school and do something that makes sense to them, to her. Um, So I had to put that to the side, but I've always been writing that whole entire time. Um, And I got discouraged when I was uh, applying for Eleanor Taylor Bland because by that time I had had a whole lot of rejections. It's not my first manuscript that I've ever written. Um, It's my second. And with my first one, which was a woman's fiction, I I had gone through the whole thing. um, And that was back in the the days when we weren't emailing, you know, manuscripts to, you know, agents or anything like that. We were mailing them snail mail. And, uh, So like I, it was a long process and then I had family and everything. And so the rejections were just coming and nobody seemed to like really be feeling my writing. And then when I wrote this particular story, I just knew when I wrote it, when I finally came together with the idea and how I wanted to present the story, I was like, this story is like of my heart more so than the women's fiction one that I had written. Like, this is it. I just knew that this was going to be it. Like, this is the, the story that everyone needs to hear because it is a story, you know, about my culture. It's a story about a strong woman and it's got all, and she's doing all these things that you normally see like guys doing. Um, and when I finished it and I started sending it out to agents in January of 2020, you know, I was getting rejections again. And so I was like, what, what are all these rejections? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, this is the story. I just know it. You know, I'm I'm a good writer. I know this. And, but like, when you get everybody telling, you know, and, and telling you, you know, Hey, it's, it's a great story, but you know, and there's this, but, but, but then you, it just kind of chinks at your armor. And so it chinked at mine. And I, I was like, you know, nobody can really tell me what, what is my problem, what I'm doing wrong. So maybe I'm just not as good as I thought. And maybe I just need to hang it up. Maybe it was just a dream. Like, you know, my mom said way back in the day, you know, because she didn't understand it. And um, when one of my writing friends, I was in a a writing group, uh, um, Crime Writers of um, Color. And one of my writing friends, Kelly Garrett, she was like, hey, you know, there's this um, contest, this writing uh, contest, Eleanor Taylor Bland Award with Sisters in Crime. You know, why don't you apply for it? And I said, okay, I guess I will, but, you know, I'm not going to win. And this was right at the, you know, cusp of me saying, I'm just, I'm quitting. Like, I'm going to hang up my, my proverbial pen and paper, and I'm just going to just live life or whatever and not really try to move on with this anymore. And I sent um, a part of the manuscript. And like I said in that, I think it was where you got that from. It, it was a essay I wrote, I, might, I think. Um, and so I sent it with every intention of, oh, I'm not gonna win this thing because I never win these things. And, and I told myself right before I sent it, I'll just do this one more thing, you know, because Kelly suggested it happen, you know, just send it in, why not? What the harm and so I just said I'm just going to do this one one more thing and I did it and I sent it in print sent press send with every intention of not getting it and so I forgot about it because in my mind I lost you know I didn't get it and it was just one more example of me not being a good writer and me not having a good story um and then uh between that time that I sent it and then the time that I found out that I had it I had submitted to um, Melissa Edwards, who is my agent right now. And she contacted me maybe a week or two before I found out about Eleanor Taylor Bland and, you know, said, hey, let's get on a call. And so at that point, I was like, whoa, somebody wants to talk to me about my book. Like, is this it? Could this be it? 
like somebody wants to represent it. And so she and I got on the phone and she offered me uh, representation. And then this email pops in like a week later. And funny thing is when I saw it, I thought it was one of those spam email, like you are a winner, congratulations kind of thing. I didn't really read it. And so I just, I just like ignored it. And I almost, so it was in my mailbox for several days, just sitting there ready to go into junk mail. And then I was like, but let me just look at it again. And I looked at it and I saw that it was like for real. And I was like, oh my gosh, I actually won this thing. So everything happened, boom, 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 like right after that, like the agent, the award, and then the, you know, the book deal, like just a, a couple of weeks after that. So everything was boom, boom, boom after years of nothing. That's the story. <laughs> That's uh yeah I mean there's I got a full uh, more than a few things to pull from there. Um okay. <laughs> the first one being it's so funny how we're we're now conditioned to like with emailing cuz so I got an email uh going to Y'all Fest next month down in Charleston mm-hmm. and uh Oh that's right around the corner. Are you going or I'm not able to go because I have okay. family coming down, but I, re- I really feel sad about it because I really want to go. But it's going to be big, big, big this year. I mean, uh, we'll, well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's it's uh, uh, with everything going on. Right. But um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got an email like this is a few weeks ago now that, uh, you know, my, hot- my res- hotel reservation had been canceled and this and that stuff. And I'm just like this can't be real. This can't be real. Like, why would they cancel mm-hmm. on the busiest weekend? And thing? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not, yeah, I was the same way. I'm like, that can't be real. So I actually called mm-hmm. them. Um, I had to call the hotel. I'm like, I think I got a spam, but you know, is this, is this real? And they were like, yeah, it is real. Cause for different, oh. for different reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny how we're like that. Right. We don't, yeah. <laughs> we don't take any email, email seriously. Now we, mm-hmm. we, we just assume everything's a scam or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, but wait, so did you get a new hotel? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't even, I, <laughs> there is a, yes, I didn't finish the story. The, yeah. Book okay. two comes out next year. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, I did. Yes. I found another place and uh, okay. they said they were under construction the first place. And my, uh, my partner thinks they canceled it because they could now charge more for it. Because mm-hmm. I booked it a while ago, so uh, they think there's yep. a bit of a, a, a markup going on there. But uh, mm-hmm. pandemic profiting, profiteering, or whatever. But um, yeah, no, yes. The long story short, happy ending. I'm going, and we're good. So, <laughs> um, so many times I've talked to authors. I know we like these stories about first query, bang, agent, book deal, everything's great. But I mean, we know that's uncommon. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not the norm. And so many times it's about getting the book, the right book, the right, or the right story in front of the right person, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. sounds like that was it for you. It just, it just mm-hmm. took time to get in front of the right person. That doesn't help ease the journey, of course, nope. you know, and I'm sure many people told you that along the way. It's just, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But yeah, sometimes that's what it takes, isn't it? And mm-hmm. the frustrating part is along the way, when you are getting, you know, rejections and stuff you're not getting any feedback. Yeah. That's tough, isn't it? Especially like, cause you said you really, you know, the second story, which ended up being her name is night. Was it, was that the title all along? No, no. no. The, um, the original title is Wodeni, which is what okay. she's called in the book. That's uh, right. Which means, you know, killer assassin, well, yeah. not assassin, but murderer. Right. Um, yeah. That's the tough part eh, when you're not getting any feedback. Cause how are you mm-hmm. supposed to know? Um, exactly. Did you ever, so this was, was that, uh, did you ever consider self-publishing and was that all, I, was that, was that all traditional publishing routes you were going down? Yeah, it was all traditional because, yeah. um, Yasmin couldn't afford self-publishing. And so I, I was like, <laughs> that can't be, I'm just going to be honest. I can't do it. Plus I'm, I'm horrible at marketing myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, and I just knew that that wasn't for me. So it was either going to be this thing where I could, you know, receive help and guidance in it, right. or right. it wasn't going to be anything at all. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a, you're right. And that's, that's one of the things with self self pub is that you gotta, you know, you're doing it all yourself essentially, unless you work out one of those weird deals with an indie where you're paying them to do that stuff for you. And then there's, you know, points and returns and stuff, but that's a, a whole other show, but um, okay. So yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to go through. You finally get the call and everything's good. Cool. And then, yeah, it's funny. Then all of a sudden it's like feast or famine, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> right? like, it was, it was yeah. I had whiplash. I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that also um, going back to what you said about um, the, the ones who get to only query one or a couple of, 
you know, agent and boom, that's it. Yeah. My story also is not the norm. And I, and I hope that I impart that on, on people that the journey that I took to getting there is, is like the norm where you have a lot of rejections and you have to like really keep pushing through no matter how hard it is and how devastating it feels to get those rejections. But if you really believe in yourself and I, and I believed in myself and I, you know, almost stopped believing in myself, but I, I do also believe that if, even if I didn't win it and I had put the pen down, I would have come back to it because it's just in my nature to do that. And I just can't give up on something that I love. But also after I got, you know, the agent and, and won the award and all that, all that boom, 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 also doesn't happen, you know, to everybody. So no. I hope that, you know, everyone will realize that that's also, I, I realize that that's like a, you know, a really lucky thing. And, um, and so everything was just the right, perfect mix of storm, you know, for me. So, and I mean, we know, we know so much about the publishing industry when it comes to marginalized authors as well. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this idea that especially black authors, you know, when you submit something, it has to be the fucking greatest book ever written. Absolutely. And, or you're not, or you don't stand a chance. Right. And I've talked to so many about like, we'll we'll get a good indication of when things maybe are starting to like creep in the right direction when black authors are allowed to release average novels, Mm -hmm. (laughs) average stories. Right. You know, the day Mm -hmm. I can say, you know, I'm reading a book from Yasmin and I'm like, "Ah, I didn't really enjoy it. That's I'll be like, that's a good thing. As weird as that is to say. Right. But uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. So, um, and talk about sort of like a dream ride. One of the things, of course, is um, you know, this book has been picked up. And by uh, Endeavor Content Inc. Factory, you're developing and co-producing a series adaptation of your of this book. Her name is Knight, uh, yada, 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 yada. Um, talk about, I know, listen, I know how these things work. It's a snail's pace at best. Um, and you probably have zero details that even if you did, you probably couldn't share them anyway. So I won't even ask. But talk to me just about that sort of, how you found out the email, phone call, whatever it was, just that process of, of finding out about how this deal went down. Yeah. So that one also was weird because that happened maybe a week after um, I had gotten the, the book deal and I was just hanging around the house. I was actually taking a nap. And then all of a sudden my agent calls and she was like, did you read my email? And I said, no, like what's wrong? And she said, a production company just called me and they want to meet with you uh, to option your book. And I'm like, what? How did they even (laughs) get a manuscript? Because she hadn't sent it. So nobody knows the big mystery is how did they get the manuscript? Because nobody's claiming how it got there. That's still not a mystery, is it? It's still a mystery. Nobody Did you not ask them? Did you not it. ask? Them? I mean, I well, did we ask them? They, I don't even think we asked. I, oh. you know, and so I mean, who cares? Ultimately, I guess. But right, yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to. Can I yeah. say thank you to the person? However, it got there. But this um, mystery person. But yeah, yeah, like that's how it happened. And so, and that wasn't even Endeavor. That was someone else. And so, um, so from there, um, Melissa and I had to play catch up, right? So she had to say, oh well. Um, hold on a minute. I don't even think she answered them back yet. So she had to, you know, get with the film agent Addison um, at UTA, who she works with. And then Addison and I had to have a call and talk about like who the list is. And Addison then, you know, contacted them and, and was like, you know, can you give us a little bit of time to kind of get everything together? And so we had to like catch up, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's how it went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we know how a lot of these production companies just have people that just pour through stuff, right? Like look out yeah, for yeah. deals and, and, and mm-hmm. any any property they can get their hands on because, you know, if you wait a minute too long, it's a minute too long, right? So right, there's so right. much competition for these for these stories. Um, I didn't read, it didn't say, is there, are you allowed to say if there's even a screenwriter yet? Because I didn't even, I don't think that was even in the thing I read. No, because I don't okay. think that um, okay. they've made it official yet or anything. So like, okay. I'm trying to find out all that information myself. Yes, because that's important. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the 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 writer of the show is, you know, because you and this person, um, obviously, we're going to have to have a chat. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and it's important to you. So, I mean, this deal, you've signed the deal. So obviously, you have a good feeling. You got a good feeling from these people. Mm-hmm. 
that they I do. Yeah, like they they're gonna like bring, you know, treating treating this material with and and you know, Nina with with the appropriate amount of respect and and uh you know treating it the way it should be treated, I assume that's the case, right? Yes, yes, which is also one of the reasons why um we we kind of went for like the TV as opposed to a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because there there is so much to unpack within the book yeah. that no one felt it could be done justice in like a two hour movie or whatever. And so it needed some time, you know, to, to kind of really flesh out the things that were going on in the book. And I said, well, thank y'all for saying that because that's what I would have thought. So, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we really, it, it's a, the, the people that I spoke to, they're really wonderful at Endeavor and um, Ink Factory um, and POV Entertainment. And they really got, got the story. I mean, everybody that we spoke to, um, really got the story and really enjoyed it. And it was interesting because, you know, that's my first time really talking to people who read it, except for like me. And so I, it was very surreal to me because usually I'm the, I'm the only person who knows my story, you know? And right. so now all these people are regurgitating parts of my story back to me and telling me how, you know, they feel about these certain parts. And I'm just like, this is so weird because usually it's just me and my mind. And I'm, and I told them this really feels like I'm in group therapy and I'm the only one who's sharing because y'all know everything about what's in my mind. And I feel like exposed. So, but it was good. Well, I mean, that's just, that's writing in general too. Once it's out, well, especially, I mean, uh, maybe not, uh, not not yet, but come November uh, 2nd or 1st, that's people you are exposing yourself to the world with this book right because you know yeah. like unless it's <laughs> unless it's like pure 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 fantasy or something you know at most authors put a little bit of cells in in their characters in their books so mm-hmm. um at that point uh the cat's out of the bag right um yeah. <laughs> you don't uh you don't sound like you have any scruples but i'll ask if you didn't get a good feeling from these people i mean because listen there's you, you can make a lot of money doing this stuff and i'm not gonna ask you how mm-hmm. much money you made obviously that would be inappropriate um but listen like we got to live right we need health care yeah. we need food we got mortgages mm-hmm. we got you know families to, to help mm-hmm. and take care of and if you didn't get a good feeling from these people would you have walked away do you think or oh I would have I mean I had to I mean we had to really talk about who was best for it, for right. this and I mean um, and I mean short of and I and I mean short of like them coming to you and saying you know we see Nina as a white character <laughs> right right, <laughs> right? Like, and I mean I put um, some yeah. stipulations yeah. on there right because yeah. there's a certain kind of character um and this also goes back to you know what you said about marginalized um you know writers or yep. p- creatives period right yeah um and I I was very there were some things you know I'm somebody and with whomever is going to be the writer and everything I understand that they're going to adapt it how they're going to adapt it but like there are some things you know this is a very culturally rich story and the the um Nina looks a certain way you know she is a dark-skinned you know black woman and so it's it's important to me that she was that because it's rare I didn't see that in the movies and and in the books and stuff like that I was watching and reading that were in this genre so it was important to me and I wanted her to be an immigrant because you know that's something that was important to me thinking about my my parents and how you know immigrants are looked at by by others and 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 things like that and so I I was very important that there are some things that I hope that you all will be okay with making sure that that stays and I can work with whomever on almost depends on everything you can talk about it but please make this character you know look this kind of way and and make her you know allow her to really be true and and keep the cultural aspect in it because I think that's all part of what makes this book what it is we're going to talk a little bit about it here in a second um but uh well first of all I don't know if they can act, but I mean, don't you have to cast the model on the cover of this book? <laughs> I mean, this is what <laughs> this is what Nina looks like, right? I mean, how I do you know, go right? how do you go a different right? direction now? Um, and you're right. and you're right though, but you need somebody like just, this came up recently. I was reading something about um, uh, some casting in a film uh, for a black. Uh, what was that? What's that movie? The Western one coming out. Anyways, uh, 
the one that's coming on Netflix. Yeah, Zoe, uh, they were talking about colorism, right? Because she's, Zoe uh, Beats is quite light-skinned and she's playing stagecoach Mary, who was very dark, dark-skinned. Mm-hmm. And people were like, that. yeah, like, you know, you know, Zoe's a great actress, but that's not what, like, it's just kind of a weird thing, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm, it's even mm-hmm. in, in, you know, like, um, you know, Ghanaians are dark-skinned, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a thing. But yeah, no, the model on this cover is, is gorgeous. It's a beautiful cover, by the way. I love it. Yes. Holding it, holding Thank it now. You. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's really nice. I remember the first time I saw it. It really pops. Um, and she looks great on there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, find her. She, there's your there's your Nina. Um, I know, right? <laughs> so... I'm I'm curious if I, I it's too, I guess it's probably too early because the book's not even out yet. But you don't you know you you certainly there are two sides to Ghana, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's an ugly side and there's a you know a wonderful, beautiful, culturally rich side too. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but wonder if 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 you're going to get any pushback. Um, you know what I mean from some of the mm-hmm. some of the more ugly stuff that you that you talk about which uh, if i think we all understand is true for sure you know what i mean yeah. um, um but i can't help but wonder if there's gonna be any pushback and if and if the people who are making this series are gonna want to sort of so- soften those hard edges a little bit and I, right. I that would that would strike me as being dishonest wouldn't it uh, yeah yeah i would hope that they wouldn't in because i think that's all part of um, Nina's journey of yeah. Nina's journey. And so even in writing it, you know, it, whoever pushes back, let's, then I'm being, then I'd have to say, are we being a real, because there are, there's a good side and a bad side and ugly and a pretty to everything. To everything. There is no right. country yep. that yep. has everything perfect. Um, sure. And so um, in, in my discussing something that you know, happen that I, you know, created in my, in my head and whether it's something like this happened in real life or not, like, I can't say, oh, I, I can't say, oh, I'm writing something that actually happened. I'm, I'm sure it, in my head, it probably did. It happened in a whole lot of places, you know, it happened here, you know, in this very country that we're in. Yep. But, um, but that I also write about how beautiful this place is. That's and right. despite that ugly part that is in the story, Nina still very much loves her country and she um, and and she claims it and she owns it and she's very and everybody in my in my book is from, you know, a country, of, you know, from Africa and it's a very cultural thing. And so, I mean, I don't think anybody can fairly say that I was being disrespectful to no. to the country or anything like that. And it wasn't easy writing, you know, those dark parts. It was super hard. And and so if anyone were to ask me like they. I hope that they realize that it wasn't written lightly. I struggled with myself because it's super emotional, but I also channeled, there were a lot of emotions that I was going through, a lot of things that I've been through in my life. And that is what helped me to really kind of, you know, have funnel all of that into like this story. And I tried to write, I'm writing about one particular character and her experience, and I'm writing it as her living this experience. So there's nothing that I felt was gratuitous. I wasn't trying to glorify anything. I wasn't trying to be performative in any kind of way. I was really focusing on how she felt in this, in these moments when she saw these horrible things, when she felt this horrible thing. And, and I felt like I had to write that in there so that the reader could get a true understanding of why she is this way as an adult. Um, and I'm somebody who loves like an origin story and I always want to know the why. And so if I was a reader and I just had, you know, those parts of, you know, the story that really didn't give the why is Nina like this, then I, as a reader would be like, man, I don't really get like what really led her to this point. Like, why is she so, you know, robotic in a sense? Why doesn't she date? You know, why is she kind of weird with the people that she's in, like really like I don't know, stand off to the side and really hesitant to really let herself be herself. You know what I mean? So that's why um, it's like that. So I hope that when people are reading it, that they see beyond, you know, what is there and like really see that I, I was trying to really give them a deep understanding of, you know, the struggles people can go through when they 
um, have certain trauma and how they survive from it. And I'm really trying to celebrate someone's survival and someone reclaiming their power back and someone becoming this badass, like assassin who can do all these things that, you know, guys can do. And she's just awesome. Um, I feel like we should end there because that was perfect, but we won't. Um, let's let's okay. So let's let's get into what what you're talking about, and let's get into this thing a little bit uh, more, so okay. people know what we're talking about and and all that okay. stuff. So, um, what do we got here? Her name is Nice. Stolen from her Ghanaian village as a child, Nina Knight has plenty of motives to kill. Now an elite assassin for a powerful business syndicate called the Tribe. She gets plenty of chances, but while on assignment, Miami Nina ends up saving a life, not taking one. She emerges from the experience, a changed woman, finally hopeful for a life beyond rage and revenge, tasked with killing a man she's come to respect. Nina struggles to reconcile her loyalty to the tribe with her new purpose. Meanwhile, she learns a new tribe council member is the same man who raised her village, murdered her family, and sold her into captivity. Nina can't resist the temptation of vengeance. She doesn't want to. Before she can reclaim her life, she must leverage everything she was and everything she is to take him down and end the cycle of bloodshed for good. Um, I'm kind of a summary nerd. I think that summary gives away too much, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just my opinion. Um, I think that especially that third bit about um, mm-hmm. the new tribe council member, mm-hmm. I, I think agree. <laughs> would have been better left to, for you know, even if you feel like it's sort of an inevitability or predictable, you know, there's a predictability to it, I guess, mm-hmm. even still, mm-hmm. I think that part should be left out. Um, right. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I so, agree with you. Cause you know, there's the moment when that happens and like that, I, I would have loved for people to like really experience that moment when she finds out. Right. And yeah. I mean, exactly. And I mean, you sort of listen, you, like I said, and there, there's a, there's a certain degree of, of predictability to it anyways. So why ruin it? Why give somebody that, that notion before they even open the book, let it happen naturally because you had to let, let it happen naturally, but you like, you know, you do sort of like mention a couple of things about, no, no, we should, we took care of that. You don't have to worry about that. And anytime, anytime, anytime someone says that in any movie, you know, they didn't take care yes. of it. <laughs> so, right. um, so famous last words. Right. Exactly. So let, let people sort that shit out by themselves. Don't, you know, the summary shouldn't ruin that part of it anyways, but so anyways, yeah. So what, what sort of we were talking about, uh, you know, a minute or two there ago was this book has dual timelines, a before and an after. Um, before and after basically means the moment up until she joined or joined the tribe, this this group, or at least met um, the founders of it, I guess, is probably where that, where that timeline splits, right? Um, uh, or is it maybe when she moves to Miami? I guess it's... It- it's a little bit further than that. Yeah. 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 I guess it's more like, yeah. Cause I mean, really, I guess the two sort of converge in the, in the third act, I suppose. And, mm-hmm. and, at that, and at that point, yeah, she's sort of in Miami and meets my favorite character in the book. Um, <laughs> Kegel. Am I saying it right? Yes. Isn't yeah. he? Yes. Kegel. Isn't he awesome? Kegel and Ellen. That's, those are my, te- those are my teams. Um, yeah. I mean, Nina's, yes. great. Nina's great too. Everyone's pretty good. No, but they book. have that levity and they're just so real and funny. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like y'all, and she, they are absolutely what she needs because she oh, is yeah. a very stiff person and they make her, you know, live a little and they're just hilarious. Right. And I mean, in, in Kegel's great too, because um, this is it's not a spoiler. Kegel's a uh, he's a gang, a local Miami gang member, runs the 102s. Um, and what's great about you know that mentality, and I'm not promoting people join gangs or anything, but I mean they do have this ride or die mentality, mm-hmm. and this this and that's what she needs, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like because she's mm-hmm. her life up until now has been the opposite of that, right? She's been mm-hmm. it's been she's been nothing but let down by the people in her life in fucking vile, <laughs> pretty vile ways. She's not exactly a fan of humanity. You know what I'm saying? So um, when she has people that are loyal to her, it's so important. Um, so we're, so anyways, you divide this up into, and you could say before and after you could almost say past present if you wanted to, mm-hmm. I suppose in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's the past where you really deal with her, some of the stuff we were talking about. And mm-hmm. she has a very, she suffers some incredibly, incredibly violent things um, on her journey. And you start the book, there's, uh, I assume this will be in the final copies too, with the uh, the uh, warnings in the author's notes. 
you have yes. a lot of you have a lot of content warnings and some places uh, some resources too which i thought was really great i love it when people do that as well um I mean, you really go for broke here. And a lot of people are, I, I, I'm no doubt, I haven't read anything. And I'm sure people will have, some people will have an adverse reaction to how violent some of these scenes are. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel like, I mean, you sort of answered this question a little bit for sure. And you want to be honest about your depiction and representation. And uh, as, tough as, as tough as they are to read these scenes, I have no doubt that that stuff is happening even right now as we're talking to somebody mm-hmm. it's a it's mm-hmm. an awful violent world isn't it and mm-hmm. um and nina goes goes sees the dark side of humanity in a, in a big big way did you ever feel like you were going too far it's uncomfortable for sure to read but i think that's the point i mean you can't you can't get here without there mm-hmm. as far as nina's concerned isn't it mm-hmm. i agree i mean you, you can't um i don't think you would really understand the character if you didn't know like what she's been through um, but um, did I ever feel like I was going too far? No, um, I didn't. I mean, I, like I said, I did question, you know, do I need to? And my thing is, if, if I wasn't able to come up with the answer of, you know, yes, I need to, and this is why, then, then I would say, yeah, you know, I, I, I went over. But like, I couldn't, I gave myself, I had a, a real good reason, which was I really want the, um, the reader to experience to experience this, you know, at a granular level, a granular, granular, I don't know the word, but anyway, a, a real like you know, small level with her specifically, you know, I wasn't saying that, you know, this happens to everyone and I definitely wasn't portraying something that has happened. But like, like I said, if we're being real, this happens everywhere and in all these places. And I also wanted, you know, sometimes we just don't know what happens in in other homes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there are things, horrible things that are happening right next door. And we yeah. would never know because we live in this in this bubble of ours. And so if we are pushed a little bit beyond our, our comfort to, to realize that things happen to people, you know, horrible things happen to people and, and some of them, you know, survive and some of them don't. And we have to, you know, hopefully come up, we, ha- we just have to like realize this and, and, and accept that these things happen. And then how are we going to work to solve these things? And of course, you know, people aren't going to become assassins, at least not all of them. Um, I'm not saying that someone's never, I'm sure, but you know what I mean? But like, there are just ways. And so when I am thinking about this and, and human trafficking and all this other stuff is something that um, to me was, or, and is so like, I still can't believe it because I'm like, man, like slavery, you know, they say slavery ended all this time ago and yet it still happens. And yet people still do these horrific things to each other, even though history has shown us how horrible people can be. And you would think that that would, you know, make people not do it anymore, but yet they still do. You know what I mean? And so I just, that was when I'm writing this, this is me really exploring and like me being like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe things like this happen. And how does this something like this happen? And how does this one person get through these things, you know, that happen? Um, this one person, I'm not saying everybody is going to get through it like that or whatever, but I can only speak to this one character that I created. Um, And that was just my way of, of working through like these things. And, and I put those triggers in because I do recognize that, you know, everybody is in a different place. And, you know, there are some things, you know, that I've watched recently that I was like, that's kind of uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I still, you know, except that that's what I guess they felt creatively they had to put in there. And I think that it enlightens me a little bit and, and, and makes me think. And so I would love for people to just kind of really think. And also the main thing is please, please, please. If, if no one, um, if you come away with nothing at all, please come away with, this is not a trauma book, right? It's not right. a book that centers around trauma. No, and, no, the, and the, I mantra is, that, the mantra is survive. Yes, yes. And so I and so when so I have not read the reviews or, you know, if if anyone is um, concerned about like the triggers and and you definitely need to, you know, 
to really protect your space and everything. But please understand that this isn't a book about trauma. It doesn't center around it. It is something that happens to someone, but it the, the center is around how she grows and how she rebuilds um, from that. So that yeah. thing isn't the thing that, that just totally makes her and defines her. She redefines herself. And that's what I want you know, everyone to take away from when they read this. That's I right. Hope. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'd be like, you know, flippant advice would be just read the after chapters then if you don't like the, other. <laughs> but, but then, uh, but, but then you're missing, like, yeah. it's a puzzle with the missing piece, isn't it? And here's mm-hmm. the thing. There's a huge payoff involved with this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because you make us earn, there's like, like, again, like this reward system where you make us earn some really wonderfully soft and tender moments down the road. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Some moments mm-hmm. where Nina does experience tenderness and love and thoughtfulness. I mean, there's a really, there's a scene. Nina has some, some long-term damage from the stuff she's been through um, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, of course, uh, but physically uh, things that just can't be fixed after years of, of, of abuse. And there's, there's a hospital scene between her and, uh, Delph- Delphine, 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 Delphine. Mm-hmm. Delphine. Yeah. Which I, I got, I teared up a little bit. Um, one, wonderful, wonderful, emotionally powerful moment. I love uh, scenes like that, where mm-hmm. that mama bear energy, <laughs> right? you know, comes out and it's not about this, call it found family, call it whatever. It's not, oh, it doesn't have to be blood, does it? Mm-hmm. Um, it right. Doesn't. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And scenes like that, you, you, you don't, you don't get the full weight of that scene. If you don't know the other stuff that came before it, mm-hmm. exactly. you just, you just don't. So yep. you, it's not a, it's a, it's a robbing Peter to pay Paul thing, I guess, but <laughs> you know, like <laughs> call it whatever, whatever stupid idiom you can come up with. Um, that's the deal here and there's a payoff mm-hmm. and a reward system and i love the way you did that because you you make us earn I it love that you said that you Thank make you. us earn it <laughs> for sure but <laughs> especially with fucking people like monsieur robach or however you say Robac, his yes like that that, that psych that psycho um i don't know where you came up with this guy but um, me neither. I have to figure that out. <laughs> man, that guy's different. Um, man of my nightmares. Oh, I should be of everyone's nightmare. Right, right, uh, right, right. But uh, yeah, you know, so you make us earn it. And I thought that that's really important. And I thought those scenes, and there's more, that's not the only one. There's there's a few mm-hmm. where that just play so much better, so much stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. So talk about the tribe. Like, where did you come up with the idea for the tribe? What are What is the tribe? And, and I mean, as, as, even as far as what their mandate is in the book, because it's, it's very specific. Um, and, right. and, I, and I don't want people to think, unless this was your goal, but I don't think it was the goal. I don't want you to think that they're like trying to create like an ethno state or anything. No, absolutely no. not. Yeah, okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, so what's the tribe? So the tribe, the African Tribal Council is a is a... A conglomerate of all these different, um, I guess, wealthy people, um, Africans from different parts of, you know, different countries within Africa, and and they have collectively come together um, under Noble Knight, who is uh, Nina's adopted father, um, husband to Delphine, and dad to um, Eline, um, and he his ultimate goal. So he also grew up, you know, poor and and had to like you know, fight to get to where he is. So a, a, a real rags to riches for him. But um, his ultimate goal is to, to push Africa, Africans, the whole diaspora to a place where they are um, at the same respect level as, you know, the US and, and um, other parts of Europe and things like that, like to propel them from that third world status. Uh, because, you know, we all, we have those, you know, class systems within the world of what countries are and what countries aren't. Um, and oftentimes people will look at people from Africa as less than, oh, they still live in huts. They don't have running water and all these other things are these, you know, stereotypes that are placed on these kinds of countries. And so, he really, really wanted to, to bring Africa together in a way where it's like a one Africa where we are in control of, you know, the things that most 
others come in and, and pilfer from us or buy from us and things like that, and we don't get profit. Um, and so they want to make Africa one of these leading continents of forces where they are respected, where they are seen as you know, equals. Um, and so that's what they want, not to do something to anybody else, but they just want to lift themselves up, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, and so, so that is their ultimate goal. And they, and they decide to, you know, we're going to do this by any means necessary. And so that's the, the kind of like the shade, the gray part. They've got a really great goal, but they're, you know, but they are willing to fight um, for it. And so that's what they're trying to do. Um, and so they have a council system and they, um, yeah, like, and, and where do they come? So that's what I was just thinking. I was just thinking about what is this group that I want? I want them to, to be, because originally they were just totally for profit. They didn't have like a, a this, this goal, this good goal, you know, um, or anything. And then I, I wanted them to be a group that people could, you know, could, could kind of rally behind because we all know how uh, countries like that are seen. And I love my country so much, the country that my parents were born and, and things like that. And so I, I just wanted everyone who reads this book who, who, are, who is not from any of those countries or wherever you're from, or even if you are, to, to just kind of see how these group of people are so proud of where they're from. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they mix together their culture. That's why they're called the tribe because, you know, we have tribes and we have tribes here, you know, people, uh, Kegels, you know, gang is yep. truly a tribe, yep. right? Everybody has tribes and the tribes that back you up. And so this system um, that they have created of, of uplifting each other, not only, you know, they might be really rich, but they put their money back into the countries in which, where they're from. And they do these, uh, these uh, philanthropic uh, ventures and things like that. And so, um, but they also, you know, kill people. So well, that's, know. yeah, they're like, they're like, they're like a morally gray Avengers or something in a way, right? Exactly. Like, like, like yes. they're, they're, they're nationalists for sure. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, but yeah, like they, they, it's this this gray area where, you know, I'm a consequentialist myself. Where I think it's okay to steal a loaf of bread to feed your starving family. Um, right. So this is it by any means. It, I, you know, I'm not going to say they're a by any means necessary type of group, but right, right. Um, they yeah they make the hard decisions. But I mean, listen, <laughs> it's not like they didn't invent you know violence. They didn't invent uh, this uh, this idea, this concept mm -hmm. of. of tough love um mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. a it's a case of yeah just hanging on to what little dignity yeah. fucking they've been afforded by mm -hmm. colonizers and and you know go down the list right so if exactly. anything yeah i mean for sure they're fighting for a better future but if anything they're just fighting to hang on to what little they have left isn't it in a lot of ways right, right. i really um, like how you said that thank you and thank you for you know for even correcting me about that by any means necessary because you're right because they wouldn't you know and they don't do things just because Hey, I don't like this person. I'm just going to off them. They don't do that. They no, have no. a standard yeah. and you're right. So thank you um, for even reminding me of that. And, and actually, if you think about it, are they're not that much different than what like Nina is doing in terms of reclaiming her power. They're reclaiming theirs. That's right. From centuries of having it taken from them. And that's, that's right. what they're doing. And so um, that's just how I want. I just, I was like, let's, let's, I just want to show how, you know, power can be reclaimed at an individual level, at a group level, like just all these things. And yeah, this, it just, it, yeah, it really feels like because of history, what we know, how we know how history is and what's been done and, and, and thrust upon so many people and cultures around the world by mm -hmm. white people. Um, it, this feels just like the natural and logical reaction to years of oppressive abuse in a yeah. lot of ways. And it's, it's almost like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You know right. what I mean? Like right. <laughs> at some point you can only step on somebody's neck for so long until they're going to, exactly. like, until they're going to throw you off them. Right. So yeah, right, that's, right. yeah, it's, it's an, it's a really, really cool, really cool organization. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's almost like, duh, like I'm surprised that hasn't happened already in real life. And maybe it is mm -hmm. out of this shadow group <laughs> yeah. somewhere we don't even know about because right. that would be, they're going to come the for me and be like, um, it'll be too, you, you'll no, realize it too late that they exist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
but it's also a thing of like if if a company a company or a group it's funny i call them a company but if an organization like because they kind of run very much like a company uh, mm-hmm. but if, mm-hmm. if an organization like like this existed it wouldn't be in their best best interest to reveal themselves anyway so of course i don't know if somebody like is like that out there but uh um pretty obvious i enjoyed this book jasmine mm-hmm. yasmin sorry um i really really enjoyed it i think you know, it starts off with a banger scene. I love the opening scene, which really is that's kind of like a nice sort of tropey uh, thriller thing, isn't it? You know, you sp- mm-hmm. spy thing. You always got to kick thing. It's like a James Bond, right? You always sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, that in media res, you know, drop us right into the action type of scene. And then you give us a good sense of this world and what this person is about. And then you sort of start to break her down. So really, yeah. really, really, you know, that very cinematic, you know, it's no wonder people's production company saw this book and thought yeah this would make a great uh, series because i think it will make a great yeah. series in 2048 when it comes out but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know how these things go uh, yeah, that's what they tell me i'm like geez <laughs> yeah and that you know the worst part is of course you're going to get asked that question so many times right like what can you tell us mm-hmm. about the show and there's just nothing you can tell them oh it's God, such a slow it's a slow moving vehicle yeah but it's very exciting nonetheless um have a really great launch uh, Yasmin, I'm so excited for you. I know people are going to really enjoy this book. Um, is it November 1st? It's a Monday. Why is it coming out on a Monday? I don't know. I think that's an, it might be an Amazon thing. I don't, it's I'm gotta not be too weird. Sure. Cause two, the second is yeah. the Tuesday and that's like I said, release day is typically that's Tuesdays. Usually, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have no idea why Maybe that it's is, just a weird but... misprint or something, but anyways, so whenever it comes out, <laughs> have a really great launch day i'm so yeah i'm very very happy for you very excited people are i think are really going to dig this book and and um nina's great nina anya nina echo you know she's got many all of of her names goes by many many goes by many names um but uh she's such a great character so strong and and you know, we left out a ton of stuff. Trust me, there's so much about this book we didn't even talk about. Didn't even mention Court or Georgia, which is a really important part of the story. But I think we got to leave something for the readers. So okay. trust me, well, we barely touched, scratched the surface here. And um, I really look forward to people seeing people's reaction from it. So Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me and asking me wonderful questions and bringing up that scene um, in the hospital. That's a very great scene. And I'm so happy that you that it meant something to you. So thank you. Well, that's the thing too, right? Yeah. Before we go, um, I really, I don't, uh, there isn't a stinker act in this book. I feel like the, you know, every page is the first page is just as uh, valuable as the last page. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the second act is, is, is good stuff for sure too. So, um, I, I, I didn't find like, I didn't feel like I tuned out at any point or, um, you know, it, it, it all, I was sort of, I was sort of captivated all the way through. So that's uh, probably the best thing I can say about it. <laughs> so Yes, I'll take it. I love I'll that. take it. Yes. Well, I'll take that to release day with you. And uh, yeah, once again, good luck with the release. There you have it. Another episode of Everything is Canon all wrapped up. Huge thanks to Yasmin for taking the time to chat with me today. Her Name is Night is an exciting first book, and you can easily see why it was optioned for a series. The book is out now, so pick up a copy wherever you buy your books and head on over to yasminongo.com for more information. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen and head on over to cinelinks.com for the latest movie, TV, books, and gaming news. Please continue to be safe out there. Bye for now.